tiny faces. Tiny faces. <laughs> Alphabet soup. Mini fridge. <laughs> Filled with fingers. Hello and welcome to Interschnitzel, the only podcast that dissects the best of the internet from the last week. Will Twitter give user data to a New York court? I don't know. Did Dr. Pepper cross a line with an evolutionary Facebook image? Possibly. And uh, <laughs> love thy thighs, Amy Poehler's advice on body image. Today is Friday, September 14th, 2012. I'm Matt Van Hoven, and I'm joined as always by Vitro's head of social, Colin Murphy. Hello, 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 Mr. Van Hoven. I love my thighs. Do you? I, I do too, especially when they like rub against each other when walking down the stairs. Oh, I don't, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like that. That's the reality, though. Corduroys. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, okay. <clears throat> oh man, the internet this week was fantastic. I thought uh, it was a little heavy, as we'll come to find out soon. Yes. Um, but the, the 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 most fun that I had watching the internet this week was something that. Um, came out uh, this video of these guys playing music in the streets of New York. It was a bad accent. Yeah, uh, it was. They're, that they're was, on. <laughs> that was horrible. That was a Minnesotan doing a New York accent. That was horrible. Or whatever the Minnesota verb Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, but anyway, these guys were just walking around from street to street. It's a little group, a little band of, of rogues playing music. Um, <laughs> let's take a listen. Oh, and this needs some setup. Uh, the cool thing about this video is the guys are playing songs that sort of correspond to the streets that they're standing in front of. So what we've we've cut a few of them here. We've got Gay Street, John and William Streets, and Harrison Street. So see if you can guess which songs correspond to those names. Here we go. Okay, and that was uh, uh, C D Z D. Oh God, I butchered whatever their name is. There's, look, watch the video. It's going to be in the comments section of today's SoundCloud link, so you can so go watch that video right there if you need to. Yes, and there was also another article, I guess, that was really uh, that was read a lot, and it was about a guy paying his traffic ticket with bills folded in the shape like origami origami folded in the shape of pigs and presented in a box of dunkin donuts Ooh, yeah it was really interesting but what i found was really interesting first this is in the money section of huffington post which i thought was a little literal you know but um <laughs> usually money is for like investing in stuff but anyways that's another thing but um the police the policeman or the person that was the teller for the police station he was more offended about the, the fact that the bills were folded and he had to unfold them rather than <laughs> the actual insult of <laughs> the fact that they were pigs and they were in a Dunkin' Donut box. So 
I don't know, whatever. I thought that was just really interesting and in that he was like, oh, unfold these and then and then I'll count them and take them, all right? And the guy was like, yeah, I stuck it to those cops and yeah. made fun of them in their face. I ha. think he realized probably once he got there, like, this actually, this is a good idea, but ultimately it's just pissing someone off. Yeah. Who, some poor, like, public war <laughs> servant who makes, like, seven bucks an hour. Um, oh, now but I gotta if, unfold all these dollars. Oh, it's man. Worth, <laughs> is that what they sound like? I don't know. It's worth <laughs> looking at the photos because it's pretty funny. It's like two Dunkin' Donuts boxes. You can also find the, the link to this and all the other stories in the comments section on the SoundCloud uh, link where you're listening to this right now. So check that one out. Mm. Um, and you know, how, this is how you know we love the internet here. We don't get any value from like you clicking on these links more. There's yeah. no like stats coming out of this. All right. So yeah. just that. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So one one of my favorite stories this week um, was the story of a it was Fashion Week here in New York first of all and so at, at an event there was an editor from a French magazine who was at uh, some event and uh, as you may or may not know PR people like myself tend to run these things and so there was a, a woman who was hosting the event and was making sure everyone got their seats. Well, this French editor's mother was in town and didn't get a seat because of the fire code. Okay, so. <laughs> It becomes sort of uh, fisticuffs almost, you could say, uh, because the editor got so upset that she slapped the publicist in the <laughs> face with her hand. Uh, which I didn't know that that happened, but it happened. And, no, it happened. And it's just a true showing of like culture because now the publicist, who is American, uh, has returned the slap... <laughs> by slapping her with it, slapping the editor with a one million dollar lawsuit. Slap, tastic. Slap that <laughs> has been taken to a whole new level. <laughs> I just want to say, I like uh, the "How I Met Your Mother" reference. Yeah, Bravo. I'm glad that you was, caught that. That was nice. That was nice. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm, I have a quote here. She, or she's, she's claiming the the publicist is claiming assault, battery, emotional distress, slander, and or libel. Um, and, and the slander and or libel is because the editor said, and I'm gonna quote here, don't F with the French, is what she said as she slapped her. And right? she wrote, she bragged about it on, her, on a blog. It was like WWD. She bragged about slapping the publicist on the blog. Oh, she did? Yes, so it wasn't just the act. It was the fact that she's like, yeah, I did that. You know, don't oh, mess with me kind of thing. I missed that part. So that's Women's Wear Daily quoting her, wow. What yeah, I don't scandal. know what the actual quote is. I just remember reading in the article that it said that she then talked about it on the blog as well. Oh, so. fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Well, this is a good one, and I, I don't know what's going to happen here, but it, I do feel like, you know, America, uh, it's 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 kind of gotten bad with the lawsuits, but this is what I'm cool with. Um, <laughs> are you a little biased because you're like, you and Sarah are both sort of in the publicist and PR realm and would not like, your kind to be slapped around, if you will. <laughs> we don't have a leg to stand on, typically, publicists. <laughs> so let me read you. I have the quote here. Okay. Um, here's, here's what the editor said. I am sorry. I know that it's bad to do that. Uh, it was a small slap. It was not strong. I didn't hurt her. It was just to humiliate her. She humiliated my mom, and I humiliated her in front of her crew. Voila. <laughs> I just said it. I just said at the end, now you don't F with the French people. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> We wow, voila. Okay, so wow. Et voila. Like, really? <laughs> wow. So there's there's French fashion people for you. 
Mm. Um, so moving moving into this week's stories that were just some big stuff happened this week. Uh, the New York District Attorney's Office is demanding that Twitter release private user data, and Twitter is saying no. Uh, we're not going to go into the full case, but it's tied into the Occupy Wall Street protest that happened last year when 700 people were uh, arrested on the New York or on the Brooklyn Bridge. So the question we want to discuss is: Should Twitter be forced to release uh, private user data when they claim that they're protecting their users' civil rights? It's a question of digital civil rights. Twitter, Twitter says that they're protecting them. The DA says that the information is public because it's available online. We want to know who is right and what does it imply for the future of individual rights. Personally, I believe that if the case fa- is found in favor of the NYPD, it's going to set a precedent legally that could create a slippery slope where data becomes more and more accessible uh, to whoever needs it, meaning individual rights can more easily be encroached upon. Now, it may be hard to see the implications of that right now, but this is the digital equivalent of the precedents that led to, for example, legalized wiretapping on American citizens. Mm, mm. Um, The difference being that with digital, the data doesn't really go away, so Mm -hmm. there's kind of more risk for the individual. There's more data there. Yeah, I I completely understand the implications of this to the rights of the American people. I mean, that makes sense. But what about the other side of the debate? I mean— this case is the government demanding private information for their use in this case. But, you know, take WikiLeaks, and the government has private information that doesn't need to be publicized because it puts people at risk. Now, when people found that out, they wanted that information and wondered what else there was. Yeah. So, I mean, there needs to be, like, a line drawn in the sand. And obviously this case is going to be the beginning of a precedent that protects you know, individual digital rights and let's possibly, I mean, and eventually there will be the decision that uh, the difference between individual rights and letting the government keep information private to con- to protect us as, stu- as citizens. So right, right. It's, 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 really, it's really cool though. I mean, just to like back off a little bit, I mean, just <laughs> the topic. I mean, this is going to be in the history books, uh, literally a whole entire chapter. I mean, depending on how the court system goes, I mean, this could define the future of American rights, even if it, even if it doesn't or if it does go to the Supreme Court. I mean, it literally affects everyone. It's a civil rights decision and precedent that has that hasn't happened in years for yeah. everyone and i think that's why it's important that we talk about this you know it might seem a little mundane you might not care about twitter metadata but this is this is groundbreaking stuff uh, yes. there's organizations across the country that are working to sort of fight on both sides of this yes uh, we're going to try and get you some of those people so you can sort of get a more in-depth understanding uh, of what they do and how that works um, yes um in the meantime speaking of uh touchy subjects uh, one that, one question that came up this week was, should brands avoid topics of a religious nature? Now, that answer may seem obvious, uh, unless they're like a religious brand. But Dr. Pepper posted an image on Facebook yesterday. It's that famous evolution of man drawing where you see like a monkey and then like Cro-Magnon and then like man, right? And so he's sort of like standing up as you move from left to right. He's getting taller and taller. So Dr. Pepper did a funny thing. They posted an image on Facebook that um, where basically... The, the monkey gets to a certain stage and he finds a Dr. Pepper and like he takes a chug of it and so he has to stand up to take a chug and that's kind of like their claim to like, hey, Dr. Pepper made man able to stand and like now <laughs> that's where we are. So it's, it's kind of funny, I think, if you can take it in the lighthearted nature that I think it was meant to be shared in, um, but it has sparked a fiery discussion on Facebook. Hundreds of, or thousands of comments, not hundreds of thousands, thousands of comments, tons of likes mm. and lots of people. Now the question we have is, 
should the, should the brand Dr. Barber have avoided the controversy or is it a worthwhile risk? Um, Colin, as a, as our head of social, I think this is something you play with all the time. What, what do you think? Yeah, I really, I, I really do think they should have stayed away from the controversy. I have a golden rule for social media and some people might adopt it, some people not, but I always stay away from topics that could start religious or even political or sexual debate. Um, that's in usually my content strategy. Now, what ticks me off a little bit is a comment like this and this kind of, this was in the article from the Huffington Post that you posted. This, it was come from this guy, William Spears, and he said, I quote, I find it funny how the right, the right-wing media is going to spin this into Dr. Pepper attacking Christianity, and there's going to be a lot of butthurt Christians who are going to protest Dr. Pepper now. But that is exactly what Dr. Pepper wants. The attention will generate free media in the news, and Dr. Pepper's sales will increase because of people who realize it is just a joke and isn't attacking anyone. Now... It, it, it gets me a little bit fired up just because like I don't believe I think it's a cheap trick to back you know to piggyback off of cultural things that spurs these type of heated debates now this is obviously a PR thing that could start a PR firestorm for dr. Pepper and Matt since you are the man in charge of PR here at the big NYC office I'd like to pose this question to you is this good PR or bad PR or are you just going to dump that old cliche on me that there, there is no such thing as bad PR? Yeah, that, 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 the PR, that isn't actually true. I think there is a lot of bad PR out there that does hurt sales, as, as we've seen in the past. But for Dr. Pepper, this is a qualified risk that leveraged a super common image and tied the brand to the idea that Dr. Pepper is so good, it changed the course of mankind, which is no more audacious than a lot of campaigns that are out there today. It just happens to be tied to this sort of like... Uh, crazy idea that evolution is the right way to go. Now, uh, you know, in terms of what that commenter said, I just saw a thought of something. You know, he's he's sort of right that DP is drawing in the brand that the audience that they want with this, mm-hmm. right? They're sort of saying like, it's it's drawing a line in the sand, which is sort of controversial, right? Because you might be cutting off potential customers. From a PR perspective, I can't agree with that. However, I would I would definitely have been the guy in the room who was saying, let's do this. Because I like qualified risks. I like taking a chance on things and seeing what happens. Would I have done it in exactly this way? No comment. <laughs> well, good thing you're not the guy in the room over here, Mr. <laughs> Tippy-toeing around the subject Touché, a little bit. Okay, <laughs> Mr. Murphy, touche. Uh, Amy Poehler, amazing actress, mom, comedic genius. Yes. Uh she takes part in uh, every once in a while a little web show called Ask Amy. It's from a, a little outfit called Smart Girls. Uh, this week, in her uh, little inf- in her informal video, Amy answers the question: What advice would you give to a young woman with body issues? Uh, Colin, I know you can relate to this. Um, oh, hardy har har, Mr. <laughs> Van Oven. But in all seriousness, Amy does have some great opening advice about how to deal with this common issue that we wanted to share, just because it's so great. So, take a listen. And the other thing I would say is when you do talk about yourself or talk to yourself or you have that tape running in your head about yourself, try to picture you talking to your own daughter or your younger sister because you would tell your younger sister or your daughter that she was beautiful and you wouldn't be lying because she is and so are you. Okay, and that was Amy Poehler explaining 
oh with God. extremely powerful words. My God, that was like a left hook of amazingness to my jaw. <laughs> it was crazy. I mean, it really hit home for me. And I just think that like when you're, when you just pose it as that and you just use those type of words instead of the cliche, oh, you're beautiful, it's just incredibly powerful. But yeah. I think there's actually kind of a bigger thing here and something that I've been seeing that's starting to trend or it's just a nice little thing that's popping up. Um, and I'm going to reference John Hamm has a uh, similar type thing called Ask a Grown Man, which he does with Rookie Mag. And it's girls, I believe, posing questions to John Hamm about the same type of stuff. And I'm a huge fan of this mentorship movement that celebs are starting to take. I mean, of course, kids should be going to their parents with these questions, but that can only go so far. And when pop culture figures and celebrities who are the, sometimes the people that create or reaffirm these stereotypes and give advice to contradict them and that are wholesome and what you should be saying to people is just incredibly powerful. And these guys obviously are very, very good at speaking and and saying things in a concise fashion and it's just it's just really inspirational to see something like that but um this also i mean just you know matt's always the person that's doing the little segues but i get to do one here we go you know <laughs> this reminds me of actually another teen related topic that actually is big right now and has always been big it's bullying of course and it's especially with digital media but the x factor did something interesting. Well, there was this girl that was incredibly bullied and she was a contestant on the show. And this is one of the links that's going to be in today's nerd letter as well. And I highly recommend watching it because she pours her heart into her song. And Simon Cowell even got choked up, which that's what lured me in. And it literally choked me up. I mean, I was holding back tears and it is, I, I cannot, I cannot say anything more, so please watch that watch that video. And and just because I think we've had sort of a sort of a, a big day here, uh, I want to I want to end the show on a really fun video that you should take a look at. We couldn't avoid the iPhone five hype. That was the first <laughs> thing. The iPhone five is everywhere. Uh, I'm annoyed. I'm gonna buy one. But Jimmy Kimmel did something really great that you should watch. He essentially. Um, he, he went out on the streets with, quote-unquote, an iPhone 5, which was actually just an iPhone 4S, <laughs> and he told people it was an iPhone 5. I love it. Uh, and th these unwitting bystanders uh, bystanders uh, responded in exactly the fashion you can probably guess how they responded. Uh, so take a look at that one. All these links and more will be in the comment section on the bottom of the page. Uh, uh, and that noise. Ooh means it's time to go. So a big thanks goes out to our sponsor, Vitro, uh, and our exclusive wardrobe wardrobe provider, Dom, Dick, and Harry. DomDickandHarry.com, of course. Uh, thank, thanks to our friends at Attention for letting us use uh, one of their conference rooms today to record this. Thank you. Aaron Lamberty. Find us online at VitroAgency.com, Facebook.com slash VitroAgency, and you can heckle at Colin Murphy and at Van Hoven on Twitter. And please help us grow so we can keep you informed by sharing and liking the Nerd Letter or this podcast with anyone you think would like it. That's all for today. Have a great weekend, everyone. 